See It or Screw It is a spoiler-heavy show. If that's an issue for you, then you can currently watch Victoria from 2015 on Showtime. If that's not an issue for you, then on with the show. Welcome to Cedar Screw It. My name's TJ Davis. He, him, pronouns alongside. I am Emily Schick, and my pronouns are she and her. And I'm Dan Murphy, and my pronouns are he and him. And on this episode, we're doing a personal pick. There's only three of us here, and two of us have done one before, so guess whose it is? It's it's mine. The guy who hates <laughs> have we Have we only done, haven't we done, like, isn't every week just a TJ personal pick? <laughs> yes, but, Sometimes. you know, Demon Knight was the only one that I actually listed as my <laughs> personal pick. If I had thought of the title Cult Camp before I did that, I would have just thrown that in there. But I yeah. did so it was my personal pick. Cheats, yep, cheats. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, this is a this is a film from 2015 um, that's all a single shot and not that bullshit single shot like from Birdman where it's actually a bunch of shots stitched together. This is legitimately a two and a half hour shot that was shot from like 4.30 in the morning to 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is sort of weird because it feels like the movie takes place over like four hours, but yeah, yeah, you know. no, it does feel like time is stretched in weird ways because I think that there are several scenes that would probably take at least an hour um, mm-hmm. in if they were real time, but you know, whatever, ten minutes is long for movie time. So, well, I mean, yeah. she leaves the club at four a.m. and the ending happens probably around eight a.m. Well, I was thinking she probably leaves the club significantly earlier, and then and um, no, they they do make note of like four a.m. That's when the real Berliners party. Yeah, but I'm just saying that, like, like in terms of if you're saying what scenes need to take longer, it's the scenes like with her on the roof, for her in the cafe, and them in the parking garage. Like everything is kind of like I feel like most of like the bank robbery is obviously going to happen around like opening time of the bank um, yeah, and everything kind of flows in time real time from there and 6:45 yeah they say but hey before we get into the movie dan why don't you yeah. get into the movie yeah yeah we'll we'll read through the wikipedia and describe the plot um Victoria is a Spanish woman who moved to Berlin and has been living there for three months. She works in a cafe for a meager wage and does not know anybody in the city. In addition, she does not speak much German, and her only common language with the people around her is English. Leaving a club at around four o'clock in the morning after a night of dancing and drinking, she meets four young men who are denied entry to the club. They are Zona, Boxer, Blinker, and Foos. The men invite her to take a walk through the city, and she agrees. After stealing some alcohol from an all-night shop, they all get on the roof of an apartment building where they drink and smoke marijuana together. Which just Bach- like, which just like straight up, like how how are her red flags not like going off from the beginning of their interactions? You know, I mean, better, yeah. better question. Better question. How does she go to try to go to the bathroom at the very opening of the movie and then never uses the bathroom? <laughs> 
during the entirety of the movie. Like my bladder would be exploding by that point. <laughs> but that's that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it might just she might, doesn't necessarily need to go to the bathroom to use the bathroom. Um, it might have just been in for to check out her makeup or like wash her face or something like that. So. No, because she did try to go into the stall mm. instead of just going to the mirror. But like, yeah. Yeah. Again, how are her red flags? Like, how is there? I mean, I think I think this is one of the things like hungry for companionship. No, she's like, holy. She's also on an extremely destructive streak after being kicked out of the conservatory. I mean, that's one of the other things that's like kind of important and established in that scene later on, I think, is that she just is. You know, like, you know, I mean, it's also questionable, like, why is she even in Berlin? And I really think that there's like a, a very self-destructive streak going on in her that she's just that miserable. But, you know, that's how I yeah. read it. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so they all get on the roof of an apartment building where they drink and smoke marijuana together. Well, Boxer reveals that he spent time in jail for hurting someone. That's the the first paragraph. (laughs) Uh, When Victoria tells the others that she has to leave because she must open up the cafe she works at in a short time, Zona, who was flirting with her the whole time, suggests accompanying her there, and she agrees. When Zona leaves her, he is told by Boxer to return soon. It is implied that the four men have something important to do this night. Which, Um, if that was the case, I get that it's the kid's birthday, but, like, why is Foos as, like fucking wasted as he is i mean they're pretty irresponsible not like they don't think through things a lot no they no they definitely do not (laughs) this Uh, is my car (laughs) yep yep um yeah and then also you know i feel like foose is kind of a creep this whole time (laughs) so yeah um yeah but uh, when Victoria and Zona arrive at the cafe, she invites him in for a cup of coffee, but he insists he only drinks chocolate milk. While the two are alone inside, Zona notices a piano, tinkles a bit on it, and then dares Victoria to also play something. After much coaxing, she sits down and masterfully plays one of the Mephisto waltzes, deeply impressing and moving Zona. She then reveals that she had dedicated her whole, whole life to the dream of becoming a concert pianist but had been told a short time ago at her music school that she was not good enough to continue. Um, shortly oh, after. And then, and then yeah. he strokes her ego saying, you should be doing that. Yeah. Okay. I get where you're yeah. coming from. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's important to realize that like, she talks about how she spent, she would spend literally seven, seven hours, hours a day, day practicing and a half years practicing. Yeah. yeah like she yeah, has that the maximum like, that you could without hurting yourself. Yeah, like her social skills are severely lacking because of how much she invested in this. Um, And also she's just like in that, like, I've lost everything. I don't care about the world state. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I think that that like background works and is extremely important to her character, even though it's really only mentioned in that one scene. Um, But can can we also just talk about like, I don't know if like uh, cold cacao is different in germany i'm hoping it is that it's not that it's i don't think it's chocolate milk i don't think it's chocolate milk i think that's just the easiest thing to translate it easiest thing translated yeah i would i would think like like when you get iced hot chocolate somewhere here is kind of the way i think of that yeah yeah 
Burdix probably does something like that. I would. They do. Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I would think of. Yeah. Ice hot chocolate makes sense. Um, uh, shortly after, an extremely nervous and agitated boxer arrives and demands that Zona leave with him immediately. In front of the cafe, the four men steal a car and drive away, only to come back a few minutes later because Foos, who has been heavily intoxicated before, has now fallen unconscious. A desperate boxer demands that Zona ask Victor to replace Foos and help them. Zona is reluctant at first, but finally does what, bo- what Boxer asked. He tells Victoria that Boxer had been under the protection of, a, of gangster Andy while he was in prison, and now Andy demands that Boxer pays him back for his services. Actually, wait, wait, Zona Andy... does not give her this information. Yeah, I was yeah. saying, like, really, <laughs> your, your, your like, gangster is Andy? Yeah, yeah. say that in the movie. Yeah, no, there's, there's uh, like, a... Zona leaves out pretty significant amounts of information here. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, um, for this, Andy has asked Boxer to get three allies to bring them to a meeting with him this night. None of the four men knows the purpose of, this me- of, of the meeting. To Zona's surprise, Victoria immediately agrees to help. She drives Zona, Boxer, Blinker, and Foos, who is lying in the back of the car, to the meeting place, a parking garage where Andy is waiting with several armed men. He demands that the four head to a specific bank to rob 50,000 euro from them, uh, from it the very same morning. Andy says he will collect 10,000 euro as payback and leave the rest of the money to them. The four agree to the robbery after Andy threatens to take Victoria hostage if they refuse. They are armed with guns, given a plan of the bank, and then forced to take drugs to make them more alert and aggressive. Like... The what drugs was, seem really unnecessary, else, and ten thousand euro spray. is not a significant amount of money no, for this kind of euros. No, not, not for this kind of risk. Yeah. Um. Uh. Also, note: is it, don't they leave Foose in the cafe? No, they leave him in the truck. Do they? Okay. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's in the trunk of the car. Yeah. I, I do oh, kind okay. of wish that they had done a little bit better job of establishing that Foose is in the car because you kind of forget about him until he's discovered later on. Yeah. Um, but uh. While Victoria is driving to the bank, Blinker has a panic attack, but the others eventually calm him down. Feeling guilty about involving Victoria and causing his friend's panic attack, Boxer says he will rob the bank alone, but the others, including Victoria, tell him that they will still help. The robbery itself goes smoothly, even though Victoria stalls the car in front of the bank while the others are inside. After leaving the car in a back alley, the four, euphoric after the success of the robbery and still under the influence of the drugs, return to the club to celebrate. While Zona and Victoria are kissing, Blinker and Boxer, in their excitement, strip naked on the dance floor, leading all four being thrown out of the club. Outside, they remember that they have left the unconscious Foos back in the car. When they return to the back alley, they see that the police have already found the car. Panicking, they leave the scene, but are noticed by plainclothes police officers. Boxer, Blinker, and Zona draw their guns, and all four run away. A shootout ensues, during which Blinker is hit and left behind by the other three. Boxer implores Zona and Victoria to take the money and flee while he confronts the police. Zona and Victoria flee to find safety, and Boxer is shot at by police. Zona and Victoria manage to enter an apartment building unseen and take a young couple hostage in one of the apartments. When they notice that the couple has a baby, they change clothes, take the baby with them, and leave the apartment under the desperate cries of the mother. When encountered by the police, they manage to give the impression that they are a young family and are allowed to leave the building. They leave the baby in front of a cafe across the street and hail a taxi, which brings them to a nearby hotel. There, Victoria reserves a room while Zona waits, writhing in great pain. On the way to their room, Victoria notices that Zona has been shot. Lying down on the hotel bed, he watches the news, learning that that Boxer died during the shootout and Blinker died while being taken to the hospital. Victoria then notices that Zona is bleeding profusely from his wound. 
Zona urges Victoria to go take the money. As no one knows who she is, Victoria calls an ambulance, but Zona dies a few moments later holding Victoria's hands, and she breaks down crying. After pulling herself together, she notices the money on the floor, picks it up, walks out of the hotel, and is seen walking down the street. And that is the summary of the film, according to Wikipedia. I mean, it's, it's pretty close. Most of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's close. It's close enough. I mean, I think that you know, oh, it's a, like so. When I watched this, because I've been very curious to do this, I like it's impossible to watch this on Showtime without subtitles, which is very frustrating to me. But I did just kind of block the subtitles and tried to watch the entire film without subtitles, which I think really helps in the scene where um, Zona convinces victoria to join them in the robbery as well as the parking garage sequence but otherwise i think the subtitles are worth having yeah um, i mean i personally like having the context of what's going on around her even though you know i can separate my mind from like even like like she doesn't understand this but we do yeah yeah we're seeing this primarily through her perspective and i get what you mean by like us not having the subtitles as well is interesting yeah, it's interesting. Okay. I, I, I do think it's better with them, but it does, I think especially as she's kind of clued into, like, brought into this robbery, it really helps to kind of understand, like, how she would agree to this, because basically she kind of doesn't know what she's going on until she already sees someone with a gun, at, at which point it's just like, what are you supposed to do, run away and get shot? Yeah. But, yeah. So. <laughs> no, at, at that point, I... But then, you know, even later, true, she's risking being arrested. But, like, at first she's very cool with the couple that they hold hostage and just be like, we're going to take your baby. Your baby's going to be fine, but we're going to take your baby. Your baby's going to be right over there. And until she reaches a point that she tells Sone to just be like, shut her down, essentially. Yeah, I mean, you know, that whole sequence, it's just like... takes control aggressively in a lot of scenarios. And, like, I I really think it's... I don't know. I feel like there's a... You get what she likes about him, though. Like, they they kind of have a lot of chemistry, which works... Like, it makes, like, as problematic as their relation is, work in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Well, I I, I also uh, enjoy... Well, not really enjoy, but... uh, I know largely she's crying about, you know, this situation that she's been through over the course of, let's call it four hours. Yeah. Because, like, but between, you know, it says it starts at four, there's the robbery at, like, 6.30 to 6.45, and, you know, the shootout is on the news with, like, reporters on scene. So I be conservative and say like even if that happened at like 7 15 you're probably not seeing that newscast until like eight yeah 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 i mean just to get blinker into the ambulance and have him die on the way to the hospital is and the news to know about it is kind of um Mm -hmm. plague with the you know how much uh, like willing suspension of disbelief of how much time has elapsed but right but I yeah. felt like I was going somewhere with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it I thought did you feel were like going, we're somewhere. going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like waiting for you to finish that thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately I think it largely comes down to the strength of her performance and like the camera work is insane. Like 
like the, yeah. the thought of doing this as a single take is just a crazy, crazy idea that they oh, somehow yeah. mostly pull off. <laughs> yeah. The technical aspect of it, um, fun fact, on the third take, because, you know, this yeah. was the third take that they used, apparently the first one was too cautious, the second one was too reckless, and this one had just the right amount of aggression. Yep, they hit that Goldilocks zone. I mean, and, and they point out there are, there are a couple of minor mistakes in there that are like... Well, because she takes a wrong turn at some she point. She takes a wrong turn at some point, and everyone day. freaks the fuck out. Including, uh, which, the, like, director who, in, yeah. including the director who's yelling at her from the trunk. <laughs> yeah. um, but they, they somehow like salvage that, and then also um, Zona like mentions that this is a nice hotel when they get comes to cafe which is mm -hmm. something that he was thinking about saying probably when they got to the hotel um mm -hmm. later on in the film uh yeah but uh, you know i mean and, and it's weird things like uh, most of this dialogue was improvised apparently uh which makes yeah, sense in a lot of ways like a 12 page script <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but like like to an extent, I think that it adds to a lot of the chaotic energy of, of the film, um, though there are, like, certain callbacks that I think are lacking by virtue of the fact that, like, like they were just kind of making it up as they go along. Like, like one of the things, that I think I've mentioned this several times before when I'm discussing this movie, is that, like, you know, I, I like the cute little flirty thing that they have going on in the elevator where, like, Zona's, like, German people don't talk on elevators. Mm -hmm. And then the next time they're in an elevator is when, and they you know zona reveals to victoria that he's been shot and i feel like that's a perfect opportunity to say to like, been great. instead of talking about it it's like we don't talk on elevators and like yeah. all of a sudden it's just like dude you know like this isn't cute and funny anymore like this is something that's important that needs to be talked about which kind of works with his character throughout like you know as he's dying like so yeah i agree but i too. you know and then also with some of the impro impro improvised dialogue, I get the impression that every once in a while they were like, eh, this dialogue is boring, so we're going to just cut to score. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're just going to fade out the dialogue and go with score. But, I mean, I do like the score in this a lot. Like, I think that, like, I, the way that they kind of fade into score at various points works pretty well and does amplify the mood. But at the same time, it's like, I just impressive that you can have a single shot that just goes on such a like roller coaster of emotions um yeah especially that like second like returning to the club scene where you've got you know the whatever electronica is going on and then it like just fades pretty seamlessly into a scoring of like a, a dreamlike melody because yeah. you know she's feeling euphoric again. Yeah. What, what, what was what was the mouse spray stuff? I mean, it's I guess it's some sort like according to this summary, it's some sort of drug to make them like more alert, which is okay. Like it's an element that I don't think this film needed at all. Yeah but, the like... and the the subtitles say cocaine. Yeah, well, it was cocaine and something because they snorted the cocaine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would like assume everything. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like it's part, part of it is just because the director probably just felt like these characters have been behaving drunk this whole time and he needs to like figure out a way of just having them sober up. So mm -hmm. that's why I put that into the script because they're mostly sober throughout the rest of the film. Whereas like before they were kind of drunkle. So, yeah. <laughs> 
I but... enjoy being drunkle. <laughs> Good old drunkle TJ. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I like the way this was shot was really cool. I feel like it really gave you a sense of like being right there with them. It, yeah. Like it felt both casual and natural. And, you know, like it made you feel like you were like intimately involved in what was going on. It was yeah. kind of it was a really neat way of like pulling in the viewer like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're it's, along it's, for the ride with Victoria. Yeah. yeah. And it's really interesting how like how close we can get with Victoria at some points and like, you know, other times we're pretty far away and, and we get different, you know, like depth of fields like throughout this like single con continuous take. Like mm -hmm. I don't know how they figured out the lighting on this at all. I have <laughs> uh, no nor idea. do I, yeah. <laughs> because it's like it's frequently too dark, but not like it's not ever like Game of Thrones level bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or or so. like Star Trek Picard. Sorry. Oh. The, the current season is like very underlit. Yeah. It's just a black screen. Yeah. We swear we got Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Hear his voice. It's a um, me, a Patrick Stewart. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, John Luc Picardo. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I still need to watch that. Um, yes, but anyway, yes, like, you do. Oh, yeah, it, it it is impressive how like this feels much less constructed than most things, and yet manages to like be well enough lit. Yeah, I mean, because the other thing is they're they're also kind of improvising how the camera's moving by virtue of the fact that they don't really have a script. So he's like has to like like figure out what the, and that's you know also how they cover when she takes the wrong turn is just like and i'm take i've got to position myself so you can't see out the window and see all the crew members <laughs> so um yeah. but you know i mean in to that extent like they also had um uh you know oh they rehearsed like she's not that talent the actress doesn't actually know how to play the piano that well but they kind of taught her how to mime playing the piano that well um, yeah i found so, that interesting yeah yeah because she does a really good job of selling it, um, largely because, you know, you don't actually see your hands on the keys, like, almost ever. But, um, like, they will they did pan down a couple of times in, like, slight pauses. And, right. But, like, there's, I think, one shot that you can see that her fingers aren't actually yeah. hitting the piano. But she was just instructed how to do it, how to mime it. And it works. It works for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, it works really well. I mean, it's always one of those things that I always think that it's interesting um, in film when you can um, suggest something without actually showing it. I mean, it's, you know, the the cop out from from Jaws of the fact that the shark looked horrible. So they just needed to, like, try to show the shark as little as possible. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I think it can be really effective to do that. Um, and you know, I think that uh, they're very selective in their shot choice. I mean, another thing that's really interesting, I guess, is that they did, I guess that before they did their single takes of this, they, they shot it in like 10 minute segments. Yes. Um, so over so the course of 10 it. days, they did shoot the entirety in 10 minute segments so that they could have a like cut version. Right. So they could have like a plan B, um, 
and they say it's terrible but at the same time i think that that's like really really important rehearsals not just for the actors but especially the camera mm-hmm. um because yeah. it's just like it's really crazy to think that there was one guy with a camera walking around with this like the whole time and like you know that's uh, one of the things is when, when the credits also, roll and the first credit is camera it's like yeah that should be the first credit <laughs> i was gonna say like uh it I like there's it, a handoff it, at one point um there there are times in which he clearly kind of rests it on something sets it down yeah but yeah because there are times when the camera is way shakier than others but like mostly he's carrying it so yeah i don't think he ever hands it off but i do think that at various points he he places it on things yeah because like honestly even with him occasionally placing it on stuff it's like is this dude like a bodybuilder in his spare time because how the fuck are you like these like those camera rigs are not i mean i don't they're not as heavy as they used to be i'm sure but they're they're still not that like light and comfortable to carry around so i mean in they're they're designed in such a way that it distributes that that like the weight is distributed so it's not like all the pressure is on one part of your body but right but you're wearing it for like like, yeah fucking three hours or whatever like yeah, yeah no I fucking mean, way that's with, not going to be comfortable with yeah. several running scenes yeah well i mean yeah. I, I i had to imagine they must have put him on a cart or something at various points but like you know because oh, I'm please let like... it be a segue please let it be a segue <laughs> yeah because i mean like i just keeping up with them on the bike at various points it's just like that yeah. must have been hell <laughs> so yeah like again i like the, i even if he's not a bodybuilder, that camera guy is in good fucking shape. Yeah, I would, I would have to imagine that he is. So, um, you put one of those rigs on any of the three of us, and we just we, like two <laughs> hours in, we're just like not, just, just I'm, I'm, I'm died, I'm dead, I can't do this. Like, I'm not sure I'd make it two hours. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wouldn't either, but you know, I was being uh, hopeful and generous. <laughs> yeah but yeah man i like conceptually i really like there's a lot of stuff that i really like about this movie I, like i i i love fucking gimmicky stuff and like well it's so weird because it's so gimmicky but at the same time it works in such weird ways like you're trying to think of like 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 would this be as effective with like i you know crazy fast cuts all the time i'm like absolutely not i don't think it would be like you don't get as strong a performance out of your act you get out of your actors with with cutting like it's it's weird that you get such a strong performance from this and like like the film still like moves along like it doesn't really drag uh, despite the fact that it's one long continuous take yeah I mean, I mean, honestly, I sort of so for me, especially watching it again and again, um, it, it's like four. It, no, it, it's three forty-five minute acts. Yeah, so it's right around the piano scene where I take my first cigarette break, and then it's like right around the robbery. No, no, it, it's the club the parking garage. No, it, it's the club scene when they return to the club. Yeah, the that's second like, club scene. That's like your 90-minute moment. And then you've yeah. got your last block of like, you know, boy meets girl, fall in love. All right, cool. That's a movie. And, oh, 
there's still another 90 minutes left to this. Oh, okay. So they do a robbery and it's successful and she's living dangerously and they live happily ever after. Wait, really. there's another 45 minutes left to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's really impressive. And uh, Dan, again, going back to what you said, I definitely agree that the way this is shot, it would it like it would not be as effective with cuts because I think that you would be um, losing a lot of like the intimacy the audience has with the characters mm-hmm. too. Yeah, like that's, that's what makes it so like powerful and like um, you know emotionally affecting. Yeah, no, I mean it's like you're constantly like just really keyed into Victoria, but also the other characters to an extent as well. I mean, I think that, oh, yeah. you know, Oh, like she's by far the best actor in this, but like, it's not like the other people are bad. So yeah, you like, can feel the, the anxiety, the fear, like radiating yeah. off of all of them. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's, and you know, all of them have like, like they all have different personalities and approaches to this situation too. Like, you know, it's it's really interesting the contrast, I think, particularly between Boxer and Blinker, um, because like I feel like like those two characters could easily kind of be carbon copies of each other because they both sort of functionally serve this a similar purpose of just mm-hmm. sort of like other guy who's there. But you know so. I mean then there's Foos. Yeah, the other spoofs yeah. is just ridiculous. <laughs> um, but also, it's just like, it's crazy that you're doing this all in one shot, and you also have a bazillion locations. <laughs> well, yeah. it's not even, like, really a bazillion locations, it feels. Like, yes, there are a number of different locations. Well, to just but have... It, a... Like, if you're, yeah. if you're filming between, uh, what was it, like, 4.30 and 7? Yeah. That they were doing... Um, you know, it's like after most of these places have already closed. So just, hey, here's some money. Do you mind doing this thing? I think the weirdest location is the Westin, but the Westin Hotel, hmm. because like, how do you get them to agree to that? How do you get them to agree to that? And how is there nobody in their lobby at like 645 a.m.? Yeah, that is kind of impressive. I think it's more, I think it's the harder things to lock down is the apartment complex because, like, everyone should be leaving to work at that time if if it's inhabited. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of. Uh, No, like, probably a lot of people work 9 a.m. jobs and, you know, don't have to travel far. So they're not leaving until 8 a.m. Possibly. I I just think that. But not all of them, certainly. Oh, man. That also explains why they're like, shh, 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 shh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, this this is a really uh, again, like going back to it. I love concept films. I, I love concept yeah. films in general. Like I, I'm a big fan of like it's a terrible flick, but like I love Nick of Time. It's a terrible <laughs> flick. Uh it's I, I love, not that terrible, but I, I love Pink Floyd's The Walls. Like yeah. Mm. No, that's one that we probably should do at some point. But, um, but you know, I mean, I, I, I just think nothing. that it's on nothing. <laughs> so I have to dig out my DVD if we're ever going to do that. 
yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I just think that, you know, when you say one shot film, you also kind of in your head have like one location film. And this is very much not a one location film. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, this goes to kind of like the average number of locations that you might see in a small budget film, like maybe even a little bit more. <laughs> like Actually, maybe so. even a little bit more. Yeah. Unless they reuse the same building. I mean, they, they end up... Like, that's what I think. Like, they had essentially, like, a block to work in. Or, yeah. like, two blocks to work in. And they just scouted a bunch of locations in that specific area. Like, I'm guessing our first, uh, our, like, our rooftop scene is probably in the same apartment block that our finale takes place in. Yeah, I mean, in, you know, the club and the cafe are right next to each other. I mean, you know, I mean, they walk there or take bike there. or um, So, oh, you know, you see them walking past the cafe earlier on and then they cycle back to it. Um, but, you know, I mean, in like, I, generally speaking, and then they kind of fudge, uh, they can easily fudge kind of the distance between things with the driving sequences um, mm-hmm. because you're not really paying that much attention to the fact that they're just circling the block. Mm-hmm. But um but like, I, I still, you know, it's still like, it's a lot, a lot that you want to like be able to control. And I'm kind of curious about like how much they actually locked down the locations and how much like they allowed like pedestrian vehicles or pedestrian, you know, um, to, to, you know, people to wander into the shot at various points. Um, they probably tried to pause people at certain times, but like there yeah. were times that they couldn't. Um, cause yeah. there, there are two different police cars in that like earlier police scene. Uh, so like the one that drives by from like screen right to screen left, um, is their fake one. And then the one that like pushes them out of the road, just after they, you know, rob that store, which I'm guessing is the same store from later. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I would guess so. But like the the one that goes from screen left to screen right is a real uh, Berlin police car. Right. And then the other one is a fake Berlin police car. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, you know, and that's the other thing is I think especially... Um, you know, most of this is shot in the time of day that no one should be up. And as dawn approaches, then most of the scenes involve a heavy police presence that like I, they can kind of say, hey, you're not supposed to be here. Step back. So, you know, it's also yeah. just like to think of doing this like during COVID protocols. This film is impossible. So like they got they got uh, they were fortunate they did this before the pandemic because uh uh well eventually you'll be able to shoot this type of film again but like for now not I now not now i don't think you could pull this off uh um, yeah. with modern uh covid protocols and film production not yeah, no on, way not on this scale like you could probably do you know something similar to la casa muda or the silent house la casa muda did it better it's going to be a future stupid american at some point um it, english remakes of yeah i know we yeah. all know uh, yeah but like that is definitely smaller scale single location different rooms in a single location but it's essentially like moving around a house yeah. 
with like four or five people. That that would be easier. Yeah, but yeah well, you, you wouldn't be able to do something this scale uh, it, these days for a little while, at least. Yeah, agreed. Unless it was just like all vacant somehow. <laughs> We're going to shoot live on scene in Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our filming location is creepy at. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I've always. Yeah. Well, that, oh, there's a there's a there's like a Michael J. Fox film um, that like a significant portion of the casts and crew, uh, including Michael J. Fox, have all gotten Parkinson's diagnoses, uh, which has been like kind of a weird like coincidence or was there something up with one of their filming locations situations that's so. yeah i'm curious um the movie. there have yeah. been there have been other stories of like uh filming locate it's like you know i think that most people don't really think about it how good health and safety protocols are in terms of you know movie productions and what they were in the past especially because uh, I mean, there's that John Wayne movie yeah, that they filmed <laughs> in uh, one of the nuclear test sites, and like um, like a, the cast and crew all had a much higher rate of cancer than like the general population. Like it wasn't everybody, and not everyone died from it, but like it's it's a statistically significant increase in the amount of cancer, just cancer in general. I mean, wasn't it the movie where John Wayne played Genghis Khan? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, oopsie daisy, we probably shouldn't have done this in a nuclear test site. I wonder why it was totally open and no one was there. Let's just film here for, what, a few weeks or something. Yeah, why not? That seems, really like cheap. A, that seems like a good idea. Nothing yeah. can possibly go wrong. Yeah, nuclear act isn't radioactive fallout like supposed to be good for you or something? I mean, I mean, that's how you get Spider-Man's. Yeah, I mean, in you know, that's well, I always my liked Bruce Banner the... now. No, you just have a lot of cancer. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I always liked the um, the uh, softer world comic that was as after uh, after or uh, after the radiation exposure, I gained a superpower, and now I get to fly around the world to tell everyone what it's like to be dying of cancer <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right that's oh solid. yeah um all right i feel like we're getting pretty off topic and I'm yeah we sure. are i think i think we can kind of wrap this up i, I mean say, like i'm not sure how much we have left to say about victoria um yeah i mean you know it's it, it like it's a really strong performance it's an interesting in uh really interesting way to shoot it it's kind of insane to think that this was a good idea oh uh, one of the other interesting tidbits is that like uh they wanted to uh submit this as uh the german academy like the the, the candidate from germany uh for uh best foreign film for the academy awards but the academy rejected it because too much too significant a portion of the film is in english um which what like, Fuck hilarious <laughs> which like i said and like this film is is extre is entirely watchable without um without the german translated i do think it is better with the translations but it is interesting that this film totally works without it um and i think that to an extent i kind of wish 
um, that in the two scenes where I think it works the strongest, most notably uh, when Boxer is convincing uh, Sona uh, uh, to uh, convince Victoria to join them and um, during everything with Andy, I kind of wish that they had, had like done something to distort the the German dialogue to kind of get you more in your head like you know you don't need to necessarily go to the extreme of giving them like charlie brown adult voices but like something like that actually could have worked really well um so it could and like also uh shame on the academy for rejecting it on that basis like like it's almost more xenophobic to me to not realize that like uh this is exactly how it would play out in real life if like somebody in in from spain was staying in germany and didn't know german like do do these people not realize that like america has made itself the so much the center of the universe that like most kids in europe are forced to take english as a class in high school yeah well i mean i always i also like the you know the interaction at the very beginning of the film with victoria and the bartender how she just as you know automatically speaks to english it speaks to him in english and you know yeah. rightly corrects uh, assumes that he'll be able to respond back so you know um and you know yeah. the other thing is everyone's english is pretty decent they all have accents but it's pretty yeah. decent so and that's again not uncommon like yeah. this isn't like people with special training this is basically just modern life in europe especially as like a millennial or younger like you know some english everyone does like they're required to and it's like yeah man like it's like it's like complaining like oh well you know there's too much stuff in english it's like yeah except you know we made them like that if you build it they will come well our greatest export is entertainment our greatest export is the fact that we're too lazy to learn other languages yeah basically (laughs) that too i mean most of what i can speak in other languages is just profanity well between (laughs) us and the brit yeah i was gonna say between us and the british empire uh yeah like base it's like the reason that you know english is the universal language for pilots too like it is do you know what the most frequently celebrated holiday around the world is independence day is it (laughs) yep oh yeah because no no the independence from the british British empire is the most celebrated (laughs) holiday (laughs) yeah Um, nice because that's, that's how many places have been colonized and gained their independence from Britain. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, in, uh, I, I think I had, uh, another point I was going to make, um, but I lost my train of thought. Oh, well. Now, if you think of it during verdicts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you are final verdict, Dan, cause it is your personal pick. And cause he yeah. usually wants to go last anyway. It's fine. <laughs> well, I usually go last. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I'm going to go first. Eat it, TJ. Yeah, I'm going to eat it right now. I'm going to eat this whole fucking movie. I really enjoy this movie. I honestly thank you, Dan, for telling me to watch it years ago. I still need to watch your name. Um, It's never streaming on anything, so I haven't watched it. Your name is playing at, like, the Coolidge. I know, and I'm not going to be able to. I'm not not going to be able to make it either. Yeah, I'm not going to fucking make it. It's playing at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. No, they're doing a whole month of anime, and I wish I still fucking lived over there, because I would be there. Yeah. Uh, no, well, at some point, I mean, it's weird, because, like, I, if it ends up on stuff, like, I, it's, 
it's not a sequel, but I want to do like a sequelizer of of your name and weathering with you because yeah. like weathering with you is it's a film to talk about. <laughs> like I think like seeing it right as the pandemic was coming out, it's just like this film has all the wrong messages. <laughs> like, mm. but um, hey, it's still... that's not what we're talking about now. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to finish my verdict. Yeah, I've got to finish my verdict. <laughs> I hate how you guys always keep on interrupting me all the time. You guys are so mean. No longer friend. Dude, Thumbs it's like down. my raison d'etre. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love you guys. Uh, but yes, th- this is definitely a see it for me. I like. I love gimmicky bullshit. I wish I was alive for the days of like William Castle and seeing the fucking Tingler in theaters and being in one of the shock seats because that's awesome. To <laughs> well, be. We still have the butt kickers at Jordan's. Yeah, butt kickers. Mm. Man, not as much fun. <laughs> no, but they yeah, are not. It's, it's like single shot. It's fairly well acted. I, I like how it moves through. It does have a surprising like three act structure. Uh, even given how improvised it is. Yeah. I mean, like, they knew exactly how each scene is supposed to flow into the next. It's just, like, they improvised most of the dialogue. And I feel like that adds a lot to the energy. I'm also curious mm-hmm. what this would have looked like with more scripted dialogue, because I do think that that gives you opportunities for more payoffs. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yes, my verdict is see it. Emily. Uh... Yeah, like this movie worked really well for me. I mean, I thought like the way that it was shot and lit and like so all of the technical aspects were, you know, reasonably impressive. Like I the, you know, the you're right, the improvised dialogue combined with, you know, the like intimacy of just like not having cuts, like it just really makes the film hit a a really nice emotional beat as well. Um, and yeah, it's definitely see it. Like this is very worth it. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it's a see it for me. I just, you know, I like technically, I just think that this is so impressive. Um, like, you know, and, and the acting's really impressive too, to just be able to maintain that, energy and go through like the arcs of those characters um like and it's just like it's you know i think that a single shot can you know i mean like i hate birdman i feel like it feels really really gimmicky and i feel like this works so much better than birdman does (laughs) um and like i you know i i just think that at its core it's just like a really strong um, character piece again, you know, with like, like maybe they should get to it a little bit earlier of like kind of the implication of how like self-destruct on how much of a self-destructive path I feel like Victoria is on, but like, like ultimately like that's something that as long as you can kind of spot that early enough and like, notice that like you're making some pretty bad decisions like these these are only going to get worse um like like it's it 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 really you know like i think that 
you know, emotionally, you get really invested in her and her relationship with, uh, with Sona and you want it to work, <laughs> not that it does. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, I mean, it's a really solid thriller with a gimmicky way of being shot that works. So absolutely. All right. Well, uh, looks like TJ, um, died so we're gonna sign off for him at least uh at least ah at least he uh got his verdict in and all that and we were wrapping up anyway so i guess it's perfect timing so um uh emily pitch your shit uh tj and i have another podcast together it is called new england beer reviews it is just the two of us and it talk we talk about beer and other shit and go off the rails like way more than we did here so if you like that stuff Come check us out. Actually, even if you don't, just come check us out. Uh, anywhere you found this. Yeah. Um, occasionally you have guests too. So, but um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and then I have a webcomic. You can check it out at withfetus.com. Um, right now, like that comic is mostly about people working in an abortion clinic. Um, but uh, recently I've just been doing a, a side project that's kind of completely unrelated to the abortion clinic stuff but um you know you can check out that comic uh and so anyways uh we lost tj davis but i'm dan murphy and i am emily schick uh we are also can be found on uh twitter and facebook and we have a letterboxd that tj theoretically does stuff with and we and... have a patreon Yes, we have a Patreon. Come, give us money. Eventually, we will do bonus episodes for real, which may, you know, we'll see how they're constructed at this point because it's like, yeah, I'm not sure that, you know, opening night shit really works for me anymore, but, you know, something. We'll figure stuff out. Anyway. We'll anyway. Pay uh, us money and we'll figure it out more fast. Yeah. And so, and this has been See It or Screw It. Um, Victoria 2015 is available on Showtime, I believe. Um, yes. So you can check it out there. So uh, any final words? Uh, this movie rules. Okay, <laughs> great. I'm glad you feel that way. All right. Yes. Bye. Bye, everybody.